those of you who are out in the world working, going to school, whatever you're doing, um, <clears throat> do you observe people? kind of personality traits, uh, the way people act. Well, I scribbled down some things here. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the personality trait that I'm talking about here. It's a type A personality. I looked up the, the definition in uh, just a regular dictionary. And here's some of the words associated with uh, type A personality. Hostility, impatience, difficult expressing emotions, competitiveness, drive, sense of perfectionism, a focus on superficial external rewards like wealth and status and power. Um, then I'm sure you've heard of the uh, term alpha dog. That's more to do with uh, the animal world, but it's applied to people as well. <coughs> called the alpha male. And I don't want to leave women out. Um, when you guys get together, there's the alpha woman in the group. But uh, traditionally, they apply it to men the alpha dog, and it's the most successful, powerful male in any group. Uh, a strong, successful man who likes to be in charge of others, and the dominant male who controls the activities of a group, uh, and any male who's dominant, the dominant personality. Well, you want to contrast that with meekness. Okay. And meekness is really not held in high esteem in today's society. And really that's because everybody looks to the alpha male. Everybody looks to the type A personality, the aggressive person. Um, when we think of meekness, we think a lot of times someone being weak, a weak person, a weak personality, someone who's uh, resistant, shy. But if you look through history, meekness is kind of misconstrued today. Uh, the historical meaning is a little different than how we look at it today. Um, Look at the Old Testament Hebrew. Uh, and I looked this up in uh, Bible Dictionary. And meekness is the intended outcome of affliction from God. And that intended outcome is humility. Okay? God uh, imposes certain kinds of affliction on us because he wants to teach us to be humble, to have humility. Uh, the word is also, another word you can use is poor, as in poor in spirit. And the Hebrew definition is used uh, to depict Moses. We've been studying in Exodus, uh, 
uh, we've been reading a lot about Moses, it's been used to depict Moses' condition relative to God. And what was Moses' condition relative to God? Well, Moses uh, was entirely dependent on God. He was poor in spirit. And not only was he entirely dependent on God, but he understood it as well. Uh, he was in need of God. You look at Numbers, uh, chapter 12, verse 3. It says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the earth. That goes together well with Matthew, chapter 5. I want to read that. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and 5. The gentle are blessed, excuse me, the poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The gentle are blessed, for they shall inherit the earth. So when we're thinking about being meek and being poor in spirit, it's something that God uh, wants us to be, He wants us to, under, to understand that's the way we should be, and that's the way that we are. In the New Testament Greek, if you look at the word meek, it's the inwardly formed grace of the soul. And I thought that was pretty interesting. The inwardly formed grace of the soul. It's inwardly formed, something that God forms inside us, something that he wants us to be. And it's grace. It's something that he's given us. And that he wants us to be. Okay. And also, meekness is directed towards God first and foremost. When we direct it towards our fellow man, we're directing it towards God. Another definition is temper of the spirit in which we accept his dealings with us, God's dealings, as good. So therefore we're not disputing or resisting. Okay, Those are two important words. We're not disputing with God over what he's doing for us. We're always directing our lives. Okay, And we're not resisting. As people, we'd like to have our own way. Okay, So we can be argumentative at times in order to get our own way. Okay, And we can resist. We can kind of be stubborn about things and kind of not go forward with, so to speak, with what God wants us to do. Um, Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, says, All of you take up my yoke, because I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. So one of the prerequisites Jesus states for himself to why we should follow him, because he is gentle and he is humble. That's a big contrast from what I just read earlier about the type A personality, the alpha dog. Okay. Kings back in the day, Near Eastern kings, back in the day, 
were not reluctant to describe themselves as meek in the same connotation as they described themselves as mighty kings. So they looked at themselves as being meek, and they also looked at themselves as being mighty kings. There wasn't any contradiction there between being on one hand powerful and on the other hand humble and meek. And this is described in Scripture as well. Remember Matthew 21, verse 5? It says, tell the people of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So we're talking about Jesus here, entering Jerusalem, King Jesus. And he's mounted on a donkey, the foal of a beast of burden. And it says that he's gentle, he's a gentle personality, a gentle man. Okay. So I want to make a couple of points here. We're all out there every day dealing with different things. <clears throat> things happen to us, and we face conflict. We've all, and I mean, nobody's day is perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. We're going to run into that that wall. We're going to run into a particular person, a particular situation where we're, we're unable to control things. And we all like to be in control. I understand this, but there's going to be times when that's not going to happen. We can't control or influence the circumstance. Okay? It ever happened to you? Yes, no, never. Okay. What's a typical <clears throat> human reaction when that happens? Frustration. Sometimes we can get frustrated. People can get frustrated. Anger. We let our temper get the best of us and erupt into anger. If it festers, it can turn into bitterness. Okay? We start to feel sorry for ourselves and think that the world's against us and that things aren't going to work out for us. And so we kind of turn bitter and take it out on other people. We also tend to act out sometimes. It can move in that direction. Okay? This is all explained to us in uh, Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. The scripture just describes those kind of things as works of the flesh. Anger, Selfish ambition, strife, hatred. When we act out, you know, drunkenness and uh, sexual promiscuity, those are ways that we kind of act out. And you kind of get the picture of what I'm, what I'm speaking about here. Okay? But if we're guided by God's Spirit, okay, and what does it mean by being guided by God's Spirit? It means we're accepting responsibility. We're expect, accepting God's ability to direct our ways. Okay? So we're guided by the Spirit. And Galatians describes that too in verses 22 through 25. It's called the fruit 
of the Spirit. Okay, which patience, peace, kindness, love, gentleness, self-control. We live by the Spirit, so we follow the Spirit. Okay. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this. Humility, meekness leads to acts of love. Okay? And if we have the traits of humility and meekness and we godfully apply them, we have the ability to mend fences. So those things that we talked about earlier in Galatians, about not being able to control a situation and thus becoming bitter, thus becoming angry, okay? Becoming frustrated, starting to act out, okay? If we seek humility, meekness, and we have the ability to diffuse some of those situations when we're dealing with other people, and when we're dealing with ourselves, uh, things that result from anger, selfishness, and hatred. Now, here's something that meekness is not. Okay? We just talked about some of the, the strengths, the importance of meekness, okay? and contrasting that with type A personality the alpha dog personality. So you might think, well, a meek person is just someone who lets the world walk over them. You know, trample me today. Okay, I'm here. But it's not. It's not. Meekness is not resignation to fate. It's not, oh, well, that's my fate. That's it. Okay? It's not being passive or reluctant or submissive to events. Now, that might sound contradictory, but it's not. To the external eye, it might seem that that's the way it is, but it's not. It might seem that if you're practicing meekness, you're trying to evolve as a biblically meek person, a scripturally meek person that you're vulnerable, that you're weak, that you're passive, but actually inwardly the opposite is true. It's just the way it looks on the outside. Because meekness doesn't identify with the weak, and this is important. Meekness does not identify with the weak. Actually, it identifies with strength and being strong. Because if you're weak, if you're meek, you're placed in a position of weakness, but you persevere without giving up, okay? And there's examples of that. I mean, Jesus is our greatest example. Jesus is our greatest example. Think about Jesus' temptation in the desert of Judea. It's in John 4. Okay. Think about Jesus when he sits and eats with tax collectors and sinners, and he teaches about fasting. 
Okay, Jesus is going against the grain of what society taught back then. Okay, he was uh, humbling himself to God's will and dealing with people whose society looked at as outcasts. I want to read in Matthew chapter 9. Real quick here. Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. And while he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came as a guest to eat with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifices, for I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners. But Jesus requires mercy, not sacrifices, but mercy. And that's a trait of being meek. I think if you're offering mercy to someone, what are you not offering? You're not offering revenge. Okay? You're not offering bitterness. You're not offering hostility. Okay, all the things that I think today people might think, you know, well, and, I, and I've said this myself, I'm going to get my pound of flesh. Okay. How about when Jesus interacted with the Samaritan woman? She was a Samaritan. She was an outcast as far as the Jews were concerned. Not only was she an outcast because she was a Samaritan, she was also a woman. And society back then was not like it was today. It was kind of segregated a little bit socially in terms of male and female, and you just didn't, men and women just didn't interact the way they do today. So that for Jesus to sit with this woman and talk with this woman <clears throat> showed his meekness his humbleness on a couple different couple different ways here. And then think about how Jesus foretells his death. He talks about his death, his betrayal, his arrest, his humiliation, his trial, his execution. Okay? He sees all this coming. But still he wants to do God's will he's not disputing with God he's not arguing with God okay he's moving forward the way God wants him to let's look at Luke chapter 22 Chapter 22, verses 39 through 45. <clears throat> and this is when I, when I read this and share the scriptures with you. This is, I mean, the optimum example of 
meekness, humbleness, uh, example we can follow. Starting with verse 39 in chapter 22. He went on and made his way, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he reached the place, he told them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he got up from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from grief. While you're sleeping, he asked them, get up and pray that you will not enter into temptation. And there's a couple of things here that I see in terms of Jesus' attitude. He's a humble and meek individual. But if you notice here, it's not him alone. It's not us alone. What is couple of things that he's doing here that, that really are pointed out. Prayer is one thing. He's steeped in prayer. Okay? He's steeped in prayer. And you can tell that he's anguished because sweat dropping from his brow like drops of blood. Okay? Now, I've heard that scientifically this can happen under extreme stress. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it happen or really heard specifically of it happen, but I've heard scientifically it can. But it's under extreme, extreme stress. And so Jesus, under extreme stress, still is a meek and humble person, willing to do God's will, willing to die for us, okay, not thinking of himself, but thinking of others, and he got help, God didn't abandon him, it says here that an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, so we need to remember that when we're going through our trials, our tribulations, things that happen to us in everyday life, instead of erupting in maybe anger. And, and, and also, too, just, you have to remember that it's not only an outward uh, kind of explosion of anger that we might have. It can be something that's inside of us that kind of eats away at us, you know. You can be angry on the inside, and that can fester. It can fester, and that's where bitterness uh, enters the picture, and we become bitter. But we have a God that we can rely on. But we have to use the tools, the mechanisms that he's given us. One of them is prayer. Okay? So, meekness is an active, deliberate acceptance. We just don't become meek. Okay? 
not godly meekness anyways. We can be personality-wise. We can be shy. Okay? But godly meekness is a little different. And it's an active, deliberate acceptance of undesirable circumstances. Okay? That are wisely seen by the individual as only part of a larger picture. And I think that that's important. Because sometimes <clears throat> we tend to blow things out of perspective, blow things out of proportion, and we, we all do it. I mean, under stress, okay, we get, like I say, we get angry, we get frustrated, we don't have control of the situation, and we kind of blow things out of proportion a little bit. But if we understand that, you know, it's only part of a larger picture. Tomorrow's another day. Okay. Tomorrow's another day. There are other people to see. There are other people to talk to. There are other people to influence. There are other people to influence us. Okay. And the meek understand that. The meek understand that. Let me read that again. Meekness. Meekness. Meekness is an active, deliberate acceptance of undesirable circumstances that are wisely, and we talked about wisdom this morning in our Bible class. Uh, it translates as skill. Okay. And when you read about David, it constantly says over and over again that David was a skillful or wise person. If you look at David's life, David, David was a meek person as well. If you look at the way David was chosen to be king, how he compared to Saul, who had all the physical attributes of a king. And David didn't. Okay? Remember when he went to face Goliath? Okay? And Saul outfitted him with the armor and the sword. I mean, he couldn't even carry it. You know, it was weighing him down. And so he said, I don't need this. And he just got his slingshot in his five, five stones. And God, okay, he was a meek individual. And then when he was uh, made king by God, and Saul didn't accept it, okay, and Saul was out to kill David. Now here's the king of Israel. And he's basically a fugitive, okay, living in caves. Okay. Can't get any more meek than that. Uh, the Greek word for meek when applied to wild animals means tame. Meek, tame. Um, when an animal's tame, when a lion's tamed, when a, when a large dog is tamed, do they lose their strength at all? No. They don't lose their strength. They just learn to control their, destruct, their destructive instincts. And so they can adapt to the group without tearing each other apart. Okay? That's what meekness is. Meekness, another word is tame. 
being able to, to control your destructive instincts so we can adapt and live together without killing each other. Okay? That's what God wants for us. That's what meekness, meekness is. We live in harmony together. So, as Christians, we shouldn't mistake or misunderstand acts of kindness and reconciliation uh, for meekness, for, excuse me, weakness, based on something that's superficial or something that's defined by modern culture, so to speak. Um, James read earlier, and I appreciate reading from Matthew chapter 5, uh, 38 through 48. Um, and I want to read that again. This is in closing. This is Matthew 5. Thirty-eight through forty-eight. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. <clears throat> this is meekness, and this is contrary to our thinking today. And as for one who wants to sue you, and take away your shirt, let him, have, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give the one who asks you, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. <clears throat> These are all traits of meekness, okay? As opposed to, I don't have anything for you. I can't do anything for you. I got mine. You get yours. Okay? It says, love your enemies. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. So that's what we're striving for. <clears throat> and if you get anything, and I hope that was kind of clear in what I was teaching here this morning, but if you get anything from what I'm trying to teach, what I'm trying to say to you, that weakness is, uh, you heard the, the colloquialism, beauty is only skin deep. Okay, you have to look underneath the skin to find the real beauty in a person. Well, weakness is only skin deep too. Don't be fooled by uh, someone who uh, is extending kindness to you. Okay? And it's not out to control you or boss you around or push you around or taking, you know, someone who is going to take another approach uh, to have a positive 
positive outcome. Thank you.